everybody. Thank you for joining us. We're back in Pete's Drunk Monkey Broadcast. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner. I am your other host, Chris Pruitt. I'm producer Matt Guerrero. We are here discussing the season two episode, The Black Widow. Is it season two, episode 12? I didn't write it down. <laughs> yes, yeah. It is two season two, episode 12. If you're just joining us, it's a new crossover episode with the uh, Marvel Comics Cinematic Universe, <laughs> Black Widow. <laughs> so weird, so ahead of its time. Um, if you're just joining us for some reason, in the middle of season two, spoiler <laughs> light podcast. We don't get into um, any future rumblings of the show. Uh, we all work at a journal called Drunk Monkeys. We are open for submissions right now, but by the time you hear this, we probably won't be. Uh, we will be closed for the month of March. We are reading right now for our favorite issue, our pop culture issue, which should be out in April. Uh, besides that, that's just it. We're, just read the, read the journal, just read it. It's good. Read the journal and also read the submission guidelines if you submit. Uh, there Fair is a bit of a backlog. Uh, don't don't submit and then if it's not published next month, don't yell at us. Okay. Yeah. You got a year. If you are poetry and fiction, you have a year wait. There's nothing I can do about it. Everything else is a little quicker, but please just stop yelling at me. <laughs> I don't get paid for it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, let's just jump right in. I actually season two is is famously just trash like three great episodes and nine thousand terrible ones and then like three other good ones and then it's just like okay um this actually is one of the more enjoyable of the middle episodes there's a lot of fun stuff that happens it's a very fun episode not a lot of it is very like smart or well demonstrated but there's a lot of entertaining things happening yeah it's not bad so i think we'll have fun talking about it so uh we're gonna open Bobby comes in first. Okay, first of all, Bobby looks great this whole episode. He's in it a lot, and every scene he looks fantastic. He walks in to the Great Lodge looking like a snack. He looks fantastic. He's there to see Ben. He's in a nice suit. He um, does still a little bit have the thing going on where he's got like the David Byrne suit from uh, Stop Making <laughs> Sense. Uh, but like, like I know that's part of the bit, but it's still happening. He does look good otherwise. I think he looks great. So <laughs> it's fine. The suit would look better on the floor. That's for another day. Um, he comes in on Ben and Ben is just like literally going through it. Like he's on the ground. <laughs> he's unwashed, unshaven, ranting. <laughs> he's it's like a tower with like the ermine at the top. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good slow <laughs> reveal because Bobby walks in and you just see this tower of all of Ben's shit that we've come to recognize from being in his office because he has a lot of idiosyncratic stuff in there. And it just kind of slowly tilts off to the side and you see him next to his tower of stuff just like as he looks like a human dust bunny. Like he's just <laughs> like a little ball on the ground. He does not. He's having a hard time over things. What I really appreciate about his tower is his nameplate, Ben, which is a very like kindergartenish look. It looks like something you would put in a child's room, mm. <laughs> almost like it's a thing from when he was a child and he's brought it with him throughout all these years. But the way he has it positioned in front of the, the animal makes it look like that's Ben. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, uh, the white plot, whatever. And it's you have that, that important silly. plot point, ermine hairs from earlier yeah. episodes. <laughs> it was months ago at this point, so I don't remember. But anyway, um. What I like about this is 
he and Bobby are talking because Bobby's trying to blackmail him, obviously, so he can work for him and get paid, uh, so he and Shelly can get out of their rut. And this is a Shelly-less episode. There is no Shelly. Like, they don't even mention her. It's weird. Um, but what I really like about this scene is Bobby's like, did you get my tape? And it's a tape of Leo. And Ben, who is certifiably insane at this point, still manages to get in a zing at Leo. He's like, yeah, I can't believe that guy was able to record a tape. He's able to manage the technology or something. They <laughs> like have a nice chuckle about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoy the dynamic that it starts here and it continues through this episode and there are a couple of interactions we see that like Bobby is finally getting what he wants from Ben, which is this, uh, you know, this opportunity to be one of his associates and like do shady dealings and make big money as a result. But it's happening exactly as Ben is just tanking as a person. So it's like, it feels a lot like Bobby is trying to convince himself that this is a good idea. And we, we especially see that in a conversation later on in the episode, but it's a, it's a fun thing that we're building between them, even though I'll, I'll be honest in saying ahead of time, I don't love all the places this eventually goes. <laughs> no, no, but right here, it's pretty good. So, it's working here. Yeah. It's a good dynamic. Uh, ben has this amazing line, admiration is for poets and dairy cows. And Bobby goes, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, as, poet, as a poet, and as people who work with poets a lot, uh, what? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I really like it. Um, I wrote, when a man asks you if you're on top of a penthouse, you say yes. Because... Ben is, is talking about his tower as if it's a pen. He's like, what do you see? Don't you see a penthouse? And Bobby's just like, what am I even supposed to be saying here? But, you know, like too much stalling, Bobby. Just agree with him. <laughs> Let's move this yeah. on. <laughs> he gets um, there. And, uh, you know, Ben's not at the peak of his powers, So he accepts the response. Yeah. And earlier, a stronger Ben may have yeeted Bobby out of the office sooner. But that's not what we've got here. And yeah. it's what gives Bobby his shot. Love it. Um, so basically, uh, in the end, Ben's like, yeah, okay, look, I want you to follow Hank, Hank, we call him Dingus on this show, because we always his name, Hank uh, Dingus. Like, I need you to like follow him, take some photos, like just kind of spy on him for me. And Bobby's like, fucking yeah, I'll do that. That sounds great. Um, so we definitely have the start of something happening here. And he hands him something that I assume is supposed to be a camera, but it's like the most like it looks like he's handing him a daguerreotype machine or something it's like it it looks like it the most hilariously out-of-date camera ever even in 1990 it's just he's what like is okay this? you're gonna have to get them to stand still for like two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I believe in you um uh i think that's i don't know if there's really much else to say about that it's basically what's gonna happen no but we'll see more of them later in the episode. Uh, as bobby's leaving we have the uh we have a woman in a bridal dress screaming down the hall and this is of course uh the bride from the episode before with the two brothers and all this and now or two episodes ago i can't remember her name she's a hot ticket maybe chris remembers I, i'm really bad with names but all milford is the character Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and right. Bobby's so. just like, that was weird. And then it, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the scene. Yeah. The episode um, is also far from done talking to us about her. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to make that girl episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
moving on from that, we go to uh, Coop and, and a real estate agent. <laughs> like and, and agent. I, I have to say, this is really great that Coop is like explicitly suspended as a government agent and officer of the law at the moment, but he still conducts his real estate search freely in the sheriff's office. Like <laughs> obviously the animosity is not between him and uh, Harry, and, but like yeah, him still, and the Twin Peaks police department. Yeah, yeah but it's still pretty funny that like Coop is in his like fucking like flannel and he's like, I'm ready to become a Pacific Northwest guy. Fuck it. Like, I, maybe I'm just not an FBI guy anymore. I'm going to buy, I don't have a job, but I am going to buy property. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Back then it was probably easy. <laughs> Um, so he wants to look at some cabins and the, this real estate agent, by the way, she rules. She's like really, really good. Like she's really cool. Uh, her super minor uh, character, but she like brings it to the table. I love her. Yeah. Uh, she's her performance is great. Very strange. Like her dialogue is so like, it's almost written like the log ladies dialogue. It's so portentous and full of weird information that like you don't expect her to have. And <laughs> Aiden, that reminds me actually is Aiden um, was kind of, he came in during this episode. So he kind of sat down a little with me and he was like, are these people like, it was a later on scene, but he, but it has to do with what you just said. He was like, are these, acting good <laughs> well it's interesting because like like he started getting like you know like I was explaining to him the Denise character and then I actually stopped it to show him the the spoiler but the fix your heart or die um yeah but he was like these people seem like good actors but this sounds weird and I'm like David Lynch works that's the David Lynch experience yeah. <laughs> I was like it's all fantastic actors it's a fantastic script and then the way they deliver their lines it's almost like something is slightly off like like you're in a dream mm-hmm. and actually I was just telling the guys about a, another podcast I was listening to Soundtracker and I was listening to their Lost Highway episode and they say something about how Lynch's work is very like a living nightmare like something is just wrong somewhere and so like mm-hmm. yeah her dialogue here, the real estate lady's dialogue here reminds me of this moment with Aiden because I was like, that is how David Lynch, like everything almost sounds like forced. Like you have to wait a beat before you start talking and it sounds weird, but everything there mm. makes sense. It's just that weird, like dreamy sort of like everything you wake up from a dream and you're like, yeah. that didn't make a lot. Like it kind of made sense, but not really. And, and it's that kind of vibe. And she brings it though. This real estate agent lady is fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, there is a sort of explicitly very silly and weird plot element here, which is like not outside of the normal stuff for Coop, but he's like trying to decide between two properties and he flips a coin. And of course, instead (laughs) of the slowest coin flip, yeah, yeah, and it bounces off like 17 random objects in the house, and like you know, and then it like it lands, and of course, the coin flip itself is irrelevant because it lands on the slip that is like under a bunch of her papers and he's like oh what's this property and this is so funny because like she pulls it out oh it's like oh this is dead dog farm yeah like four million people have died in it and like only (laughs) super ghosts and evil ghoulies live in there uh i don't even know how this got in my portfolio like very uh it has an almost looney tunes quality to the way yeah and it's so funny too because she's like i thought i took that out of the path yeah yeah yeah. like well it's clearly spread out on a table though yeah it's like i i don't even know why we're advertising this property um very Simpsons kind of scene like yeah 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 that too 
Um, um, Dead Dog Farm, too. Like someone was like, I'm going to name this place Dead Dog Farm. <laughs> And of course, consistent with the uh, Tibetan rock throwing dream technique, uh, Coop decides this means he has to go to this program. But what I love about it is, is this isn't just like like a, a colloquial dead dog. Oh, the you know dead dog farm down the street. It literally says it on the paperwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Coop. Left. It's it's like the I, the reason I was saying Looney Tunes is it reminds me of that like Looney Tunes. I think it's Looney Tunes Dick Tracy parody with like Daffy Duck, where it's like the the bad guys he's looking for the bad guys hideout and they're in a building that has a neon sign pointing at it that says the hideout like yes yeah, yeah i think that is yeah <laughs> i love that that trope you know yeah. the simpsons do that a lot too so uh yeah uh you're not gonna like this uh this property it's called shit factory it's probably <laughs> like really bad like <laughs> it's called murder in your sleep bill i don't know I think it's, uh, it's a weird town <laughs> anyway um yeah, so they're like, we're going to go see that. And then we move on to, uh, this is so funny um, because like you said, like Coop's like hanging out, like let's meet, I'm going to meet the real estate agent here. Like we have like Dick shows up to talk to Lucy and Andy and little Nikki's case manager. But like- <laughs> if, doing like, this in the lobby of the sheriff's office right. for some reason. Yeah, it's like, why are they there? Not like the cafe or something like, it's just weird because it's like Dick is the one who is like the big brother to this guy. Like the uh-huh. aunt was kind of like, like a consequential, like, oh, I can't go. So Andy's going to take you. But like, he's the one in this program. So like, why wouldn't she just meet him at his house? Like, why is she involving other people in this child's like <laughs> personal, like history? <laughs> the, the social services workers in uh, uh, Twin Peaks don't have their own building to meet out of. They have to show up at the sheriff's lobby and set up a meeting. Uh, I've got to tell you. <laughs> what are you going to say? Go uh, I was going to say road trip, short stick, uh, like <laughs> completely has the vibe of like when you download like a downloadable costume like a downloadable content costume for a video game character and then you make them wear it and then they look anachronistic in the video game for the rest of right, it right. like he's got like a big like denim jacket on he's got like like the most like yard duty in elementary school <laughs> khaki shorts you've ever seen in your life like just really quality stuff it's so good um i love it because i've Watch Twin Peaks. I tweeted about this last night. I watched Twin Peaks 9,000 times at this point. Um, and this stretch of season two is so like to me that like my brain just it's like childbirth. You forget things about it because about it, it like immediately to protect me from like well, trauma. <laughs> well, I think it's I, I think it's not even that, it's just that because a lot of this stuff ultimately is stuff that goes away from the plot and in the rest of the stuff stays as a through point so it's like this stuff is easy to forget because some of it is just gonna vanish after a little but this is molly shannon molly Molly shannon Shannon is the case manager here and i fucking love molly shannon and i was like watching it and i was like holy what (laughs) fuck (laughs) like i like the only person around was brian because like fritz was trying to get the baby to go to sleep and i was like that's my and he was like yeah i know and i was like oh well never mind (laughs) Hey, Twin Peaks. And he was like, <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she's just in it for a minute. But uh, what's hilarious is, of course, she's like, look, we got to talk about Nikki here because his parents were brutally murdered 
And then she's like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and she brings yeah. up this phrase that like he seems to be surrounded by persistent random misfortune. Yeah. And Dick is kind of scoffing about it. And uh, you know, Andy is responding to this the way he responds to everything with an oh gosh kind of uh, <laughs> uh yikes. <laughs> and I guess we're gonna see which of those reactions uh winds up being the more appropriate one. <laughs> Lucy's sitting there like, why am I involved in this? <laughs> I don't have anything to do with any of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, so his parents were killed and she doesn't offer up really much more information beyond that. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, let's see, what did I write here? We cut to the Great Northern, I believe, where we discover uh, the reason for the screaming woman earlier is that Statler is no more <laughs> he has passed um <laughs> and boy did he <laughs> boy did he uh as as harry tells us he went out with his boots on <laughs> which uh, you know i think i think very literally his boots were not on i wrote dougie went out fucking which is the best way to go <laughs> death by snoo snoo yeah uh, he has like he's dead he's got like the kama sutra next to him how would he's a woman <laughs> yeah He's like an octogenarian and he still needs to read up on like how to find the clit and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, that generation, they didn't talk about it very yeah, much. Yeah. So. There's like, oh, yeah, there's like a chest of, there's like a chest of what I presume we're supposed to interpret are like sex toys or something. Yeah, uh, yeah so, Some of them are very yeah. odd. Like what one of them is like this almost like Guy Fox style mask that Andy pulls out. And of course he just puts it right on his own face. He's like, <laughs> this is the way he's handling evidence. That, and he goes, Sheriff, look at evidence. this. <laughs> <laughs> evidence in a suspicious. I mean, it's not super suspicious, but like still. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels um, a little like like it's overdetermined here like uh, it's something else going on yeah so obviously there and then his brother <laughs> waldorf, waldorf. <laughs> um he comes in and this actually kind of bummed me out he was like super sad because yeah. we've only ever seen them like screaming and fighting at each other and he comes in and he's like oh dougie I don't know. I told you this would happen, which is great because it implies that he was like, you're going to fuck yourself to that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but like, you know, he and he's just like, that woman's a witch. Like she killed him with her vagina. (laughs) That seemed like really sad. And it like, I hate old dudes. So it like really made me bummed out. He seems really sad, but he also seems to be operating on the assumption that this was like an intentional murder and not just yeah. that that dude was not physically up to the challenge so right and also like 90 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just incredibly old um uh yeah so uh, there, there's a line he says here which is she might as well have blown his brains out which uh i think was the idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ooh, a double on. <laughs> um, we love yeah, it, folks. It's and it's so funny because then we like go to the hall where like the what the the widow is like so upset and she's like, no, this always happens to me. I made out with a kid once and his braces got stuck and they had a breakage John three places like unbreak it and like ever since then it's gotten worse and I wrote this bitch is out here fucking people to death. <laughs> And Hawk is like, don't worry about it, little lady. He gets like smooth at her. 
very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Hawk is completely under the 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 spell, shall we say, here. Uh, he and you know, what does his PhD girlfriend think about this? Hopefully, she doesn't hear about. Oh my his, god! Right his antics on the job, but he uh, he's very like, oh, don't worry, we're gonna figure this out. And she's like, oh, so you're you're the sheriff, and he responds to this by going, uh, well, let's just say that when something big goes down. I'm the man you call. But then he like leans on the door and Andy <laughs> opens the door and he just like slapsticks his way into the room. It's so funny. It's so funny too, because Hawk is like, and it's funny, like not to get real spoilery, but Hawk has such a strange like character arc in terms of seriousness that like yes. it's funny when they they have him being in like this goofy sort of like like weird situations where he's just like hey baby <laughs> I, I i love that about hawk yeah. though that's that's part of what i like about him as a character is it feels believable when he's doing something funny or personable but he also is believable uh you know when he's got more serious stuff going on uh without going into any more of that now yeah yeah he's very versatile and i genuinely love him as an actor like i love everything about him but it's yeah just- yeah see him like and i did think of that phd girlfriend because <laughs> her and I, i'm never not months. thinking about that moment. I've, I've really i've really stuck to it this watch through i don't think it's something that caught with me in the past but where is she and what yeah. is she doing? <laughs> uh anyway it's super funny like that that whole the way that scene ends is just incredible um okay now, now we're gonna cut to the school and we got the wrestling coach and this dude, just like the real estate agent, this dude's a dynamo. He's like this like encouraging speech where he's like back in the day at this very school, a coach didn't want a black guy to be in the game. And I don't remember that coach's name, but then, <laughs> and I don't remember his name either, did really good. And things were crazy. Like, like he's like giving this like super like, awesome speech but doesn't remember any of the specifics yeah. what he's trying to tell them uh and he's like and that black guy today is nadine actually yeah <laughs> he's I, under I, the I, same I, adversity it, that it's, <laughs> it's it's re- really well delivered by the actor like just really <laughs> dead on it it, it hits exactly the right note i will say that i feel like there's something i don't love about the optics that this is one of the very few times they chose to cast a black extra to do this speech about like comparing nadine to segregation <laughs> but yeah. like uh but i i understand that's also part of the irony that's being communicated here but like a little gross but the performance the worst really racial good. misstep that this show has <laughs> no taken, no it's, it's not still, yeah it's still a little, yeah a little questionable yeah. Um. Uh. So basically, he's like Nadine's gonna be on the wrestling team, and it's a rule. Here she is fighting Mike, and yeah. I wrote here, uh, Nadine is horny and strong, which is a deadly combination for Mike because he's getting the shit kicked out of him while knowing that she's like lusting after his teenage body, and he does not care much for it. Um. And I think he even like calls her like a bitch or something, and she's like, "What?" But like, doesn't even like register that like he's insulting her because she's like so hot for him it's yeah. awkward because this is a grown woman <laughs> and she's doing like a goldberg 40. squash on him they do a collar and elbow tie up like she hits him with the gorilla press like, <laughs> <laughs> she does a standing switch i mean it's basically a pro wrestling match that yeah. they're doing yeah. in this high it's school wrestling really gym. good and she looks so like when the coach calls her over and she's like i'm here she looks so perky with her like 
eye patch and her like cute like wrestling sweater. I'm like, yeah, yeah. That she looks in this show. She just looks so happy. <laughs> she's like, I found my place. Um, I mean, she's horrifically brain damaged and and has super. <laughs> it's never explained and uh, lusting after a child, which is horrible. But, like. <laughs> looks cute doing it <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's that's really the kind of thing we have in this part that's of season have. two <laughs> yeah that's what we're clinging to that's how bleak yeah. it uh anyway um it's a great little scene i, I love yeah. it and and a lot of the nadine stuff like doesn't land with me a lot um, oh yeah this does this was just fabulous so um and so we cut almost immediately to like donna at her locker she looks fantastic here by the way like oh excellent and she's like in this episode great. for like three seconds three seconds <laughs> but she looks glorious Those, knocks every, it out of the park every nanosecond of this the moment she's on screen she looks fantastic and mike's like please please get needing to stop i need you and like donna's almost like mock she's like dude yeah She's, and she's like, what do you want me to do about this? He's like, well, pretend you're my girlfriend again. She's like, oh, fuck no, man. <laughs> like, you, I was you your girlfriend and you suck. So, <laughs> no. Uh, but it's so funny because he's like, please, <laughs> I'm desperate. It's kind of nice to see. Uh, I, I think part of what's so pleasant about Donna in this scene is we get to see her like being a fucking teenager again because she's not immediately engrossed in james bullshit or like scooby-doo mystery bullshit with the like uh plant keeper guy like she's yeah, just cool. yeah she's at school she's reacting to school drama she's over it <laughs> she's, she's had, she had more, bigger and worse shit happened to her recently this is not on her radar at she's all she's like i tried to be a femme fatale involved in like a coke trade and stuff mm-hmm. and, uh, some dude hung himself like i'm just I'm just going to focus done. on trigonometry for a while. Yeah, yeah. See, that leads me somewhere better than where I am. So She's like, um, I've discovered that I feel whole when I'm single now. So <laughs> <laughs> I've learned that about myself. Thank you, Mike, for bringing me to that point. Um, uh, speaking of speaking that. Speaking of. <laughs> uh, we're going to go over to James. Longest sigh of all time. <laughs> this uh, is like, is- this is like, we're, we're just about to hit the pinnacle of the terrible James content. Here. Yeah, yeah, this is like a precursor. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're we're like at like you know his guest house or whatever at Evelyn's, like the lady that yeah picked him up. Uh, and like this is, I think I missed somewhere, or maybe I forgot since there's been such a gap in between the two. Uh, you know, watching the last one and then this one. Mm-hmm. This is Evelyn's brother, and he's like ranting. No, this is the first time we see him. Yeah. Okay, but like, because it took me a second to be like, who is this guy? Yeah, like, no, it straight up doesn't make any sense. He like walks yeah. in like Kramer, and like, yeah. and he actually repeats this exact maneuver a couple times this episode. So it, it really kind of does imitate a Kramer thing, where he awkwardly walks in with like a very full looks like a whiskey glass or something yeah and like he just sort of walks in and immediately begins trauma dumping on james about how <laughs> yeah like, Look, uh like basically uh my sister's husband is abusing her but both of us are too addicted to living a high money life and i'm a, too much of a wiener to do anything about it so uh we're just hanging out and drinking until uh one of us dies basically <laughs> yeah and he's like, it's, it's real like and and we come back to this in this episode, but it's real like if he beats her three or four more times, I'm gonna do something about it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but but also, like, but but then also we find out later, and this is not a spoiler because it's literally just a 
bit later in the episode like this has been going on for years yeah and, like, four years like, or so, something like that. so it's like this thing but of like he, well i'm eventually gonna do something is no you're not man <laughs> but then also it's like but she like kind of likes it too like it like yeah, yeah that and it's like oh this is just and james like to be fair to james he's just sitting there like what <laughs> it's the most regular reaction james has to anything that goes in the on whole in this series. whole subplot like, yeah anyway uh yeah, yeah, yeah it's just it's a it's definitely like a means to like some backstory on evelyn and her husband like yeah and and to be fair i think i think the malcolm character i think we're supposed to get that okay he just fucking sucks like he sucks he's dealing with this poorly he's you know ultimate he's professing to be worried about his sister but ultimately he likes living in the big house and getting his booze paid for you know like it's not like oh this is a cool guy who's trying to do the right thing it's like no he's awful but also he's there mostly to be an exposition dump and it's yeah. a really weird scene it's very weird like I, it took me a second to realize this was supposed to be her brother i was like yeah who is this person like is this her husband yeah he just walks in and he's like he's like pretty fucked up shit man and james is like who are you like, <laughs> like, what, what? where'd you get is that my whiskey what's happening yeah. um <laughs> uh great gratefully we move on to uh we go to the aforementioned dead dog cabin I wrote, looks nice to me, a real fixer-upper. <laughs> good bones. Just a uh, this would be like, this would be like a, yeah, this would be like a 1.8 mil in the Los Angeles County. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't see one dead dog anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they're all in the back. Uh, what's funny is, uh, this is just a little aside, but they pull up and I actually tweeted. I was like, what is this car? Because to me, all very, very early 90s, like, uh, sedans look alike like you know mm-hmm. early 90s and i went through this like when i was like like my very early 20s i was super poor didn't have much money so i had a lot of like old lady cars basically like mm-hmm. Elta 88 and all this and yeah. that bonneville so i wrote car people what kind of car is this because i was trying to figure out if i had it or not <laughs> it ended up being a buick century century limited because if you tweet about cars, somebody's going to figure. Somebody out. is looking yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. totally. But, uh, but I was just like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny because I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had that car or drove it at one point, and uh, I'd never had a Buick. But uh, to me, that's it's, what my that's what my dad back in like. That's that's what my dad does on the internet. He's like a weird car guy online. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I mean, I love. I I secretly kind of love cars, but I have a hard time with with certain ones like that. So, and we only see it for a second anyway. Um. So, so they're there and they're kind of checking it out and <laughs> they go in and it has like the worst attempt to dump cocaine in a sink like ever. Like, yeah, Coop goes, guess they forgot the water wasn't turned on. And it's like, <laughs> why would they make that mistake? They came here specifically because it was a totally abandoned property. <laughs> what do you mean lights don't work? <laughs> like, it's so funny it's just it looks like somebody dumped like flour everywhere like they were baking and like had a hard time and he's like okay and then like there's some shot like there's this amazing dinette set and you know like I always love like the props and I love mid-century stuff so I'm like table and those chairs are fantastic but the chairs are like also stuffed with cocaine which (laughs) about 20 years ago I would have been like well that's fantastic too but um but it's just so funny because it's like the most like haphazard and bizarre cocaine ditching and also storage. Like, were they trying to, were they just storing it in the sink? Because like, why is it also in the, it's just, yeah. 
it's very weird coop does the extremely like 90s cop guy thing here of like he knows what every substance on earth tastes right. like immediately <laughs> so like, he like yeah, his pinky. that's baby laxative <laughs> yeah. that's flour that's cocaine that's the you know yeah. I mean? he's just like tasting random things over he's and like, over yeah. he goes <laughs> <into> the wall. <laughs> that's his wallpaper Th- that's lead paint yeah. <laughs> i said i would have named this place cocaine cabin <laughs> Uh, okay, so like, dog cabin. <laughs> he's like, maybe all the dogs died because everything is stuck. <laughs> or they were yeah, yeah, there's just cocaine lying everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously that's something they're gonna have to talk about with the authorities, uh, especially considering the fact that Coop did have cocaine planted in his car. So he's like, maybe it's connected. Who knows? yeah he's he's like pretty stoked he's like <laughs> like yeah this is this is something that i just found he's like finally i can get my job back and actually pay for this cabin and he's like he's doing his coop thing where he's like nope smiles at the real estate agent yeah this is cocaine <laughs> he's like cool how do you know that <laughs> that's awful <laughs> great um it's super funny it's a really good scene plus i love that table so i'm gonna notice these things it's just who i am um okay we're going to go to my note here. So this is obviously we're going to Nikki and Dick and Dick has a flat tire and he's trying to uh, fix it while Nikki's kind of dicking around on the, no, no pun intended, uh, on, with pun the car, intended. Like making the wipers go like playing around. I wrote, I demand Chris wear this get up the next time we hang out. Yes. <laughs> because the, what Dick is wearing here, I'm just going to have to post a screenshot. It's just like, He's got like shorts and like a fancy shoes. <laughs> he looks like I don't even know. Yeah, no, this is this is what yeah, I was talking about earlier. Yeah. And and Nikki has, has the also same jacket. access. <laughs> he's also purchased the same DLC for his outfit. So he's like <laughs> looks exactly the same. So he's funny. a t- tiny version of him. And it's and cute I, in a way. It's really cute. And it's also like Oh, yes, Dick would do that. That makes sense as a character because like yeah. his whole fashion fixation, like him being like, I'm going to try to prove that I can be a dad is like, I'm going to dress this little guy in exactly the same thing I'm wearing, which also doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And like, he's like, stop messing around with the cut. Like, it's actually like kind of the most human Dick has ever been. Yeah. It very much reminded me of my dad. Like, Stop messing around with it while I'm trying to fix this because he doesn't know how to fix the tire. And to be fair, neither do I. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he doesn't have the, you know, he's looking at like a manual, like, like he doesn't have like, you know, a YouTube to like <laughs> guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would not be able to change a car tire. I'm really bad with cars, but, um, and he's like, stop messing around with it. Uh, and it's just very dad like. Like yeah, the, then Nikki gets out. He's like, "Are you mad at me?" And then he's like, "No, I'm not mad. Uh, I'm just stressed. Yeah, I'm just trying to I'm trying to fix the car." And then like kids wandering around a little bit, and then like the kid looks back at the car, and then the jack suddenly drops out from under it, and like the the implication is like Dick almost gets squashed by yeah. the tire. Like if he was underneath it at that moment, he would have gotten crushed. There's a good moment there with the kid. He wanders back and he kind of looks over his shoulder. Real good son vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> good son-ish. That kid watched um, Good Son before he filmed this scene. Um, and it wasn't me. I, I feel like this scene is interesting because Dick, for all of the ways in which he has like kind of fucked up or not done the right thing and so forth so far, has really evaded consequence. He's really maintained this sense of like, 
I'm still better and smarter and more cosmopolitan than all these people in Twin Peaks. So like everything's going to work out fine for me and go the way I want it to. And he clearly, the acting in the scene on his face after the car almost drops on him is like, oh, I'm going to die, aren't oh, I? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's evil. Uh, yeah. it, it cannot possibly be my ineptitude at jacking a car off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously supernatural, scary stuff uh, involving this kid who's murderous or something. Uh, yeah. Good, though. Good little... This, yeah. Nikki, the child from The Omen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real like The Omen. Um, I am going to post on our Twitter a picture of that because the outfit is just so good. It's excellent. <laughs> yeah, Chris needs to wear that. Maybe I, I will. I will do it. Maybe I can get Fritz too, too, and you guys could be like the the Nikki and the, Nikki and the Dick. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Oh, so now we go back to the sheriff's office, and um, you have I missed this guy's name, but he's basically the the person who is looking into the fact that like Briggs is missing. Yeah, um, he's he's the rep from the Air Force. Right. He's there to he's he's there to figure out what happened to Briggs. Colonel Riley um, for as much as it might, Wiley, or might okay, not matter. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, I just couldn't remember. Uh, I know. I, I know they said it. I just didn't write it down. Um, and he's got all sorts of questions. Like, did you hear any wildlife bugs, birds, and coops? Like I heard a fucking owl, man. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, you know, like, it's just like a lot of questions like that, which are kind of spooky. Like, oh, did you mm-hmm. weird this and that? Uh, and he's like, you know, like this disappearance isn't, isn't great. Like this is, not boding well <laughs> for most things um yeah so in like a vague way like even uh um fucking what's his name i'm sorry i'm blinking henry harry 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 sorry harry. i don't know what, what the hell is wrong with me? i'm exhausted anyway uh harry like look could you just like cut to the chase here like or just be real with us just tell us what's going on he's basically like no, <laughs> super yeah, duper, like, super duper yeah. secret. He's um, like, it's super bad that he's missing, and that's like it. And it's like, well, that's yeah. that's this, not clear, but I mean, it's a little yeah. clearer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ultimately, I think what we're supposed to get out of it is just that this is pointing more towards the significance of Briggs, which we've had lots of hints about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, this is telling us, hey, start thinking about that stuff again. It's coming back. Yeah. Um, there's a few details. Can't all be cocaine cabins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's other stuff happening. <laughs> right. So there, there's a few different details in the scene that I really love. Uh, one of them is that uh, um, at, by way of saying, "Hey, we, we're kind of in what's on what's going on here." Harry and Coop bring up, "We know about the secret transmissions from deep space that you received about me." And then the guy's like, "Oh, please uh, don't misunderstand us." Like. We do listen to signals from deep space, but this signal came from somewhere near Twin Peaks. And they're like, which I I love. I get that the implication is, oh, it's something nearby that knows something about Coop. But it is very funny to me that they are significantly more weirded out by somebody nearby transmitting (laughs) something about Coop than somebody from deep space. Like (laughs) deep space was the less weird option to them. And they all react like this. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. As we've um, learned. <laughs> another another detail that's very funny in the scene, and and it does get a, a really kind of obtuse uh, payoff later. But uh, one of the things that the Air Force guy says is Briggs is the best pilot I've ever known, 
as far as we know, Briggs does nothing related to flying in his role with the Air Force. So it's just kind of a really odd uh, mention that gets dropped here. Yeah, like, oh, he flew? <laughs> yeah, once, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a weird thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like this. I like the scene though. Like, I like. Yeah. No, it's great. Sort of stuff. Yeah, it's good. Um. Okay. Let's see. So we're at, we're at the gross at the gross part of the episode. Or the I have to say though, part. I have to say, not a fan of Evelyn, but she looks good here. I'm very into the uh, late '80s, early '90s, like blouse, camisole look. She yeah. Looks- to be clear, that's not the part that's gross. No. <laughs> yes, I know. I'm just saying. I have to give credit where credit is due. As much fair, as I hate fair. these scenes, she looks pretty. Her hair sucks still. Her hair's terrible, but she looks good here, and I'm happy. Yeah. Maybe we, <laughs> we mentioned it grasp. when it first came up this plot line, but she's got a very strong like uh, a Shannon Tweed or Lyndon Fiorentino kind of like a psychiatrist in like uh, you know the kind of like a thriller. You'd see on cinematic. Yes. Yeah, I, I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. You can see her in an office with her legs crossed. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> with a pencil skirt on. Um, yeah, she looks good here. I mean, I'm grasping at straws, trying to look at some sort of silver lining in the, the and she, her outfit is something I would wear. It looks pretty good. Um, so yeah, he, so, what is he tinkering with the car? I wrote no notes for this. He's okay. So <laughs> he's like, <laughs> I I that, he, I like the implication is he just got done tinkering with the car and yeah. he's like sitting in it and he's like, like trying to turn over the engine or something like that. And he's like, yeah, see, I think it's running again. The axle seems like it's fine. I, I think the car's in good shape. I think we're, we're ready to go here. Um, and then she like sits in the car with him. And uh, like, you know, he's got the really bad, he'd been working on the car makeup job done where he's got like the one grease stripe on his face that like, yeah. Um, and like, they're having a conversation about like, he's like, oh, so like I uh, talked to your fucking weird brother, right? Like, uh, seems like- Your brother's a fucking weirdo, did you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So he's, he, he's like, seems like, your, uh, seems like your husband's beating you up. And she's like, no, that's not true. And he's like, come on and she's like okay yeah it's true and and then james is like he goes like oh so are you like scared of him like what's what's like the deal and then she's like uh she's kind of coy about it and then his solution to this is to just make out with her which is (laughs) like you know like it's very it's a very james move um it is very funny to me that like this comes on the heels of like the whole deal is that he's like, oh, I got involved in all these romances with these girls in Twin Peaks. And like, you know, it turned out bad for everybody. And like several of them died. And like <laughs> Donna got really scorned in a shitty way. And like, you know, I just had to leave because I keep ruining things with this. And then he immediately goes to this woman. Oh, so your husband is beating you. Let me start making out with you. Like that, that's really, this is super going to help. Like, <laughs> Also, the actual really, kissing is just vile. I, yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's like just pure face mashing together. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, it's, this it's is why good. I write no notes for these scenes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's no good. There's there's no chemistry. It doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't work on any level. Um, and then of course there's this bit here with uh like the second that they kiss, like her husband's car drives up, like beep beep, and like, he's getting out, and then she, home. <laughs> So that's pretty much where we leave that for now. Uh, We'll get back to it in a bit, unfortunately. Oh, terrible. Anyway, 
Um, oh, we move on from here to Audrey and Bobby. And this is a pairing that I like and wish there was more. a lot. Yeah, I they, mentioned that. Like, yeah, ahead. I mentioned that last episode. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed their rapport. I think they're two good characters <clears throat> to really play off of each other. They're both like, they both think that they're more capable and smarter than they are. Than they are, um, yeah. And Audrey is maybe a little craftier than Bobby actually is, but neither of them are as smooth as they think they are. So it's it's a real like like shitty spy versus spy situation that they've got going on where I, they're like I think part of it too is the reason why it works and I wish there was more of it is like yeah they both think that they're more clever than they are and you see that a lot when you pair them with an adult. So right. like Audrey's trying to like be sneaky and smarmy with Coop, you're like, this is a child. Like, yeah. she know what. And even Coop, to a degree, about. is like, this is a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, thankfully. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, although we'll come back to that yeah, in, we're a, come in back an unfortunate <laughs> way shortly. Uh, look, let me just have this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Bobby, like, you know, with any adult, and it's just like, this is a bumbling fool, right? Yeah. yeah. Two kids together, you're like, ah, this could work, actually. Right. Just so dopey. But, but, them together they have such a good chemistry they're like let's let's team up and it's yeah. like yeah we should and it's so good like i wish there had been more of this i know it's like here and there but i wish there had been like a solid sort yeah. of I, I fully agree with that it's yeah. it's really fun i i think also just as actors they have good chemistry with each other yeah it feels, I think it so feels very exciting it feels like there's a lot of energy between them um like it like bobby goes in for a kiss and audrey does like a twirl around him to avoid <laughs> it it's like you know uh what are you doing bobby man <laughs> you're like free yeah, time girls good together. In this town. <laughs> those are two actors that you could tell like genuinely like working with each other yeah yeah uh i hate her outfit here I, I didn't notice it and I usually her notice her outfits. So I think that that probably- well, I think maybe she's trying to look old, right? I mean- yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, I know, but it makes her look like the way like Cheryl and Ben looks in real life now, which is yeah. like <laughs> older, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. She doesn't yeah. look bad, but like, this is a teenage girl. Like it just, I understand she's trying to look older, but I'm just like, this outfit's not working. Right, right. Twin Peaks outfit uh, portion of the show where I critique. <laughs> There's that account on on Instagram that like does that with the outfits, like they rate the outfits. That's my portion of the show now. Um, Um, I do like them a lot. They're like, let's go into business together. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So Bobby goes into his meeting with the uh, with uh, Ben and Audrey, as we expect her to absconds to her little like spy tunnel thing. And obviously, I've I've noticed this before. Obviously, I've noticed it before. You're supposed to, but it's like in this particular scene, it's like really like it. Her thing is like so unsubtle. It, it like it, it's just this obvious little door in the wall that she walks into, and then she goes into this and removes like what looks like a whole like wood slat from the wall to look through. Okay. Like it, it's just like. <laughs> How is she like the second Bobby is through that door? She's already in there with like her face sticking into the office. <laughs> it's, like, it's like again, like Mad Men when like Peggy looks up over the thing at Dawn freaking out. It's like yeah. obvious. But yeah. maybe the thing here is that like everyone else is so fucking stupid that they just genuinely don't notice. <laughs> True. And you know, Ben's office rocker, Bobby's an idiot. You know, maybe, maybe it really is just, just yeah, she's like, like, I can get this to work. I don't even yeah. have to be subtle about it. These yeah. people are stupid. 
Right. Uh, also, the shape yeah. of the cutout, I think it's supposed to make it look more organic so it's not like a pure circle or something, but it looks like a little heart. That tracks for Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> that does that. She would totally do that on purpose, to be mm -hmm. honest. <laughs> She's like, I want a spy hole, but I want it to be cute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> little me energy. <laughs> How can I make this cute? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I love this. Yeah, she, he's got the intel. She's listening in. Uh, we're going to cut to Pete and Catherine, which is like, starts off as kind of a nice scene. You're like, they're eating dinner together. Well, nice I, I want to, before we move on, I want to put two plot points on the table. One is uh, uh, Bobby has gotten the photographs following oh, Hank around. Sorry, yes. This is going to be important shortly. He hands them over to Ben. And the other one is that this is our first inkling that ben is starting to become a weird civil war reenactment guy <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like starting to build this little diorama of the battle of gettysburg uh this is not gonna stop here <laughs> yeah you think oh it's just whatever he's tinkering yeah he's just doing weird <laughs> shit because he's going crazy oh just you wait <laughs> uh okay yeah sorry i, I forgot about that um so yeah, we're gonna go over to Pete and Catherine and this scene starts off like, oh, they're having a nice dinner together. Maybe these crazy kids are gonna make it after all. And then like gets real shitty real fast. Hmm. Um, but I wrote here, cause they're like jabbering on each other. And then- Pete, Lots of good Pete content. Lots of good scene. Pete content. And he starts a limerick. There once was a lady from Galway. And I was like, I wonder if that's a thing that like, you know, cause she cuts him off. Yeah, I didn't think to Google it. Now, now that you mentioned it, it I wish. The only thing I found was like some Irish like message board where someone like came up with one. It has nothing to do with Twin Peaks. Oh, got it. Real thing. So, but I was like, I want to hear the rest. Yeah. Um, I th There's a few choice Pete lines before this starts to get really shitty. But uh, when, when he first pours the champagne that they're toasting with, um, he, he's like, he says nectar of the gods, and then he picks it up and looks very meaningfully uh, at a, um, um, why am Catherine. I blanking her name? At Catherine. Catherine. And, and he goes, it's the bubbles. <laughs> <Which is just> <laughs> <laughs> such an incredible Jack Nance delivery moment. Uh, and uh, good to know he's a Yates man as he recites that as his one toast that he knows that is not a dirty Irish limerick. So. Right. <laughs> Uh, I love how he's like, it's the, and then Catherine's just for like, hmm, yeah, <laughs> like real like energy. Uh, I love it. But then uh, quickly we find out that like the person serving them is Josie, who's been like forced into this sort of like maid slash like servant position, which like sucks. Yeah. Like it feels bad. Very gross. I don't um, it's care like much for it. The prior episode, Catherine said she was going to do this, but this is kind of like our first moment of seeing it. And it's like, yeah. oh, it's it's very literal and weird. Uh, I don't uh, care much. About and she's like, yeah. next time, why don't you wear your maid hat? Because it's like a very much like a gray and like, like it's like, a you know, what you think. Like in Annie, all like the, the servants in Annie. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, yeah totally. Had that. Uh, you know, it looks good though. Can't keep a can't keep a woman like her down. <laughs> <laughs> she looks fantastic. Let's let it's not really the outfit that I have an issue with. Yeah, no, of Gender course not. <laughs> uh, she, she cannot look bad. Like you could literally she, she can't in a do bag it. that <laughs> says like potatoes it. on it, and you'd be like, oh man, she looks fucking great. I love her to death. You wear the Lady Gaga meat dress. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, what I actually genuinely liked here though is. 
Catherine's like, yeah. And like kind of dumps the info of like, I can't believe uh, Josie is, is being punished for this very specific double cross that I'm going to talk out every step of right now. And then toasts to Ben's double cross, which is nice because like we know it's a double cross. You know, we've talked about this, but it's just right. you're a character say like that was a good double cross. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was happening. I thought that was really funny. Um, but yeah, like the whole thing, like the whole Josie part of this scene is just really upsetting to me. Yeah. And and I, I don't love uh, Pete's ambivalence after he was such a supporter of Josie for a long time. I get that the deal is he sees now that like his only realistic route forward is to side with Catherine or she's going to figure out how to dump him. So I get where it comes from, but it's like a real bummer because it feels like he was basically, you know, other than Harry, Pete was the only character left in Josie's corner here. And now well, that's gone. Like at one point he even says like, well, that doesn't seem like something she would like. Yeah. Like, but but he's like, but okay, little. whatever. She can still yeah. be my maid or like from serving us the, the food. But like, I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying it yeah. seems a little weird. Um, yeah, but I just loved the acknowledgement that this was actually like a lot of people double crossing each other and and they knew that yeah <laughs> like, and honestly because all of that shit was so hard to follow for so long it it, it almost is I, I almost appreciate that they gave a concise uh like, like restatement of the facts there <laughs> because it was like a you know some of that stuff got really hairy and was not particularly interesting to follow for a while no, until until like, things started to pop off so um i kind of like it that definitely zoned out a lot there yeah <laughs> so, yeah um yeah okay so we go from there to um to coop in his room talking about uh talking to diane on his recorder about this like elaborate chess game he has going with Wyndham earl um where they like leave advertisements for each other in in like local newspapers. Yeah. So, so the bit here, just, just to be specific about it, because I, I think it's significant in what he's trying to communicate, which is that like, he got like mailed a chess move or something and then he mailed his move back, but the respondent move was printed in the mail before he knew Wyndham Earl would receive his respondent move. So he was like, he actually just predicted what my move would be before he even received confirmation that that was the move I had done. So his, there's a real statement here of like, Oh, this guy like knows what I'm doing before I'm even doing it, which, which is like kind of what we're getting at. Um, I, I did say, you know, Coop should have pulled the bong cloud opening with him. I think that really would have uh, set up a fun game of chess. Do you guys know about that? Um, it, no, it's something, it, it's, it has something to do with like advancing your queen in your first move and then moving her back to the start point, which gives up your like advantageous stuff you can do with like the rooks at the opening. It's a way of saying, hey, we're joking around here. Give up some of your strong right. uh, high plays. Oh, okay. And I, I guess like some of the good players in chess uh, do this now as a way of like, like as, as a way of like kind of resetting the variables when you have a new match with somebody and like the oldsters don't like it because like, you're just fucking around. That's not how chess is played. <laughs> this is so, a very so, important game. <laughs> so that, so that's why they call it the bong cloud opening because it's like, I'm smoking weed. Let's play uh, chess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is chess. We never laugh. Yeah, yeah we don't have fun <laughs> here. <laughs> um, 
I like it. So he's talking about all of that, but then also he starts talking about like, oh, and I'm also dabbling in real estate because someday I want a wife and children. <laughs> like, <laughs> who are you really talking to here? This is bizarre. But um, but you know, like it is kind of sweet that he's like, you know, someday I want to like move past like like rivalry, like emotional manipulation via chess games and in, in local newspapers to like just living in a house and having yeah. <laughs> that would be really nice uh, cocaine kind of dog sweet. farm etc yeah <laughs> but they get all the cocaine out of that place it would be a real nice place to raise a family yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a sweet scene though like he's i don't know it's kind of cute I yeah no, no i agree it's just the circumstances of it's it are sweet humorous. i like when there's like a humanity to to coop that's beyond his persona as a you know fucking weirdo a weird fbi dude where he's just like yeah. i just want a normal life like uh which will play out in weird ways later on as we go yeah <laughs> um but he's like but i also might go to jail and that would be fucked up too so what <laughs> 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 happens i guess um i love this scene actually like the entirety of the scene because now uh audrey ends up coming in and she's like uh, she's still in that outfit, which sucks, but it's like, yeah, I have something for you. Can like, we talk. And she actually kind of yoinked the photos that Bobby had brought to her father. And she's like, does this like help you at all? Is this good? And he's like, damn, Audrey, this is so good. Yeah. And to be clear, the photos now that we're actually getting to see them are of like Ernie and Jacques Renault and all these folks yeah, at like- Dead Dog Farm <laughs> handing like big packages that say human cocaine on them to each other, basically. Cocaine, it's like, do not yeah, flush. Yeah, so, so it's extremely like, this is the precise kind of thing that... Uh, that Coop needs to possibly it's exonerate him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To possibly exonerate him. So it's like, it's almost the very ser- serendipitous thing that she's just found something that could clear his ass. And he's like, Audrey girl. He's like, you, you did, you done good. You done good. Yeah. Um, what I like about this scene too, I like everything about Audrey in the scene, which is kind of a fair thing for me, but I like, she's like, tell me I'm good. <laughs> tell me I did good. Right. But she genuinely wants to help him. But then, Denise shows up and at first Audrey's like super jealous like who's this right uh but then Coop's like this is my friend Denise and she is an FBI agent as well and she goes like gaga for it she's like women can be FBI agents right like women can be anything even David Duchovny (laughs) 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 and like I think that's the real lesson in this scene I think like they even say like She's like, women can be that. And they're like, in a way or whatever. Yeah, like, more or less. Yeah, that's it's what a, he it's says. A, yeah. It's a good Denise's scene because, response. you know, we see her clock Denise as a woman, as an FBI agent, and as a sexual threat. All of which, yeah. uh, like, you know, validate her identity in a way that the show has not really done that earnestly right. up to this right. point. And, right. and it, it seems to be completely unironic on Audrey's part. Like we've seen other characters approach it with varying degrees of irony. Uh, Audrey, no, it's it's 100% earnest. She accepts and this person as she pre- presents. Presents herself, yeah. And what I love about it too is is the very realistic teenage girl notion of, I'm jealous of this person. Oh, wait, she's cool. Right. I'm head over heels now about it. Yeah, but she's still jealous because of what she but, does on the way out of the room. Right, <laughs> right. But she's yeah. still just like, like, she, like she, she looks at the rest of the scene until she leaves with this like awe of like, I right. 
that because she's expressed before like this is something I want to do like I want to get into crime solving not anymore crime solving right yeah and it's just kind of like I don't know I think as a former teenage girl like it's just like oh no this is like a realistic thing earlier before we started recording when I was telling you about that girl Lauren that I was friends with I genuinely was like who's this girl that you used to be friends with this was like my very first boyfriend's like you know, close friend. And then when I met her, I was like, this is a girl. It's the coolest girl I've ever met in my life. And I now am super in love with everything about her. And it's just such like a realistic, like, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Uh, I really liked everything about this scene with Audrey, her different like um, moments of here, I'm helping you here. I'm jealous here. Oh my God. Like I could do that too someday. Like, it's just very nice. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very nice. And I agree. It feels very human. It feels and very realistic for the you. kind of character that she is. And a lot of the reason it's hard to relate to Audrey at times is because of like how many layers of like irony and pretension she's operating with. And there's none of that in the scene. And it makes sense that there's none of that in the scene. So it like, it really works on that level. And like you said, I do love it for Denise. It's a very validating moment for a trans character that you wouldn't see much of back then at all. Like, actually, this was the scene where my son and I were talking like at at length on like how David Lynch kind of sets up, uh, you know, characters and whatever. And and I was like, this was a kind of like a big thing because in 91 or two or whatever this came out, like trans characters were just like crazy people or murder victims. Like it wasn't, oh, I'm an FBI agent and things are great. (laughs) Well, and and it's, it's, I think it's particularly telling that up to this point, and it will continue to be to some degree. It's been played a little bit for laughs. Not not yeah. like not like the whole concept is a joke, but like we're gonna get in our little like homophobic '90s jokes. We're gonna right. just ram them in there a couple times. Uh, yeah. And but in this scene, there's none of that. And mm-hmm. like, well, there is at the very end of the scene, but not related to Audrey. And yeah. uh, like, and you know, even the sort of mild jest has been is like relatively progressive for its time so this moment feels like like almost out of time in a way and how it yeah like, i like this of, scene like a lot. really un unreservedly validates this character and even like i know where you're probably talking about it is when audrey leaves uh denise is like coop how old is that girl <laughs> no no that's not the bit that but <laughs> oh then I don't uh, we'll know get to it we'll get to about. it let's get oh, through okay. the rest of the scene oh okay well i'm talking about this scene like audrey leaves Okay, so like, yeah, so Audrey kisses Coop. Um, she uh, on her way out. Um, it's it's definitely an Audrey initiated action. Uh, she leaves, and then um, Coop's like, "Great news! I've got the evidence to spring me out of this thing." And then Denise is like, "Okay, we've got a more important crime on our hands here," <laughs> uh, which is that this crime of sexual girl- improvised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, w- two things. One thing, why is Denise there? Because the only matter of business they discuss are these photos that Audrey just handed Coop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just happens to arrive and it's like, hey, here. Hi. Yeah. Well, the we never stopped in to say hi to someone. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the great northern them. hotel uh, somebody staying some, there somebody you're supposed to be investigating um and <laughs> the, the thing that happens when af- right after the like joshing coop about it is <laughs> she makes this comment of like like i may present this way now 
but I still put on my panties one leg at a time, if you know what I mean. And Coop goes, not really. Not really. <laughs> Which, the delivery is pretty funny, but it's like, what is, what is this joke even? Like, what, what am I supposed to be grasping from this? That That's what I was referring to. It still feels yeah. like we need to make some sort of joke about her sexuality, uh, whether it even makes sense or not in the context it's of the scene. Yeah. But it also doesn't feel as icky as like some of the other moments. No, and, and it, it doesn't feel mean-spirited, but it still feels like something about this has to be humorous for us to- Like we can't, yeah, we can't have that. a straight, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I get that, so- um all right so yeah the photos do, 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 do. oh yeah i wrote panties okay oh we have uh we go to the double r and we have norma and ed which you know so happy to see them together even though they are having kind of a heart to heart about how life often doesn't end up the way you hoped it would some quality ed dialogue in this scene Excellent. where he's talking about that and he's the right character to deliver it uh, for a lot of reasons, both in story and just the like sort of earnestness of his performance uh, really gives it this thing about, you know, uh, you make these plans and then your life happens and you realize those plans didn't come to fruition. And, you know, what does that mean? Uh, very, uh, it, I mean, it's pretty cliche, small town storytelling, but it is there's a reason it's cliche <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i as true, a person yeah. that grew up in such an environment and i think all of us did to some degree uh yeah. you know there that's feels very real even in the sort of like extreme melodrama that always kind of accompanies ed and norma's interactions yeah and i thought it was cute though because he was like remember we made all these plans and obviously they used to date and it fell through and stuff and she's like we could make new plans and I was just like, oh, my God, I love them so much. But, like, this is, like, a realistic, like, yeah. I think your life is going to go one way, and it doesn't, and then you're it, kind of just stuck, right? And right. It's cliche, but it's cliche, like you said, for a reason. I love them. <laughs> yeah, it feels both very relatable and very soap opera at the same time, yeah. uh, which, you know, makes it an iconic Twin Peaks moment, in a way. <laughs> uh, and Even then, more soap opera is the fact that, that it ends, you know, she's like, we could make new plans. It ends with like Dingus over like listening in on them. And he's like, I'm going to grip the side of this counter so hard because <laughs> I'm so mad. And okay. rub my domino piece <laughs> villainously. <laughs> I bring it everywhere with me in case I'm mad. <laughs> um, but, so know, I can draw like, it really realistically. And send really it to the realistically. Mail. <laughs> um, but you just want to root for Ed and Norma all the time. So it's always. Just, uh, plus you know she's just they're just both nice to look at so <laughs> just uh, anyway um okay oh here okay so here I wrote problem child so is this where um my notes got a little sloppy towards the end okay so this, this is, is where this Dick is just one of the choicest like, visual moments of this series yes. of all time ever Bar all none. time just incredible um like so we have we're at the sheriff's office and dick comes in and there's a great subtle character moment where lucy is kind of like like preparing to talk to him dolls up her hair a little and he just blasts by her not even thinking about lucy you you can see her be a little bit put out and he goes straight for andy which is weird (laughs) given their dynamic and and he's like what's going on dick and 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 dick goes (laughs) like Andy, I think little Nikki might be 
the devil. <laughs> and and there's this like <laughs> this horrible nineties like cutaway window yeah. in the screen of like where Andy's brain is supposed right. to be, I guess. And it's like it's just the kid in like a you know yeah, but he mega looks Halloween like a shop. child. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, in, yeah. yeah. In like a Halloween child's like devil costume with like shitty cgi fire <laughs> Just- it, it's funny because like this is like uh i we have this on our like streaming service that we've created like we it, like but there's still like a photo for each episode the way like netflix presents it and that's the picture <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but you know what's funny is like i didn't really look at it like you know i was just like okay yeah this is the episode yeah it on and i was just like okay yeah but this sort of imagery is repeated in season three and i'm not gonna get super into it obviously. yeah it is but in a serious and like important way and i'm like this is because like i don't think it's like an intentional echoing of this moment i think it's just like that's just what happened but it just when i looked at it i think my brain just kind of interpreted it as like a season three type of moment hmm. like because I wasn't I'm, sure what was happening in this episode before I actually watched it, because uh, I don't have these episodes memorized or anything, and I was like, oh, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb though, and I'm gonna say I think it's not necessarily a reference to this particular moment when it happens, but I think a lot of what we see in uh, in the return season in terms of how visual effects are handled, it's very interested in recreating the sort of uh visual vocabulary that was established in the, in the 90s no matter how they have to do it no matter how awkward or anachronistic <laughs> it looks at times yeah. um i i do think it's intentional to do that even if it's not you know specifically to talk about our our friend little nikki here also interesting that this ties this into the adam sandler film uh, uh, which i know, love by the way <laughs> i will fight to the death that movie is not that bad <laughs> that's the, the Adam Sandler tagline. That yeah. movie is not that I know, bad. I remember, Trust like, me, that I would have been the best review of God in 2001. <laughs> I liked it. I don't care. You can all go to hell. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I, I do think of that when they say Little Nicky. I think of that too. The yeah, talk. yeah, I was. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's like, oh my god, I think like he's evil, and and Andy's like, what? And then it just like cuts <laughs> to like <laughs> it's so weird. Um, Okay, so now, oh, now we're going to go to um, Dougie's brother. No, is it, is Dougie yeah. the dead one or is? Dougie is the dead one. Right. Okay, uh, and Dwayne is the, yeah. And the Dwayne, Dwayne slash Waldorf is the one that's yeah. still alive. And I, and I am referring to them consistently because Dougie looks like Statler and yes, Dwayne yeah. looks like looks Waldorf. Looks like Waldorf, yes. <laughs> so. um, And he's going on about how he wants this woman tried for witchcraft. <laughs> we can't and, and he's like did you check the autopsy for witchcraft yeah, he's, he's talking to doc uh, yeah. uh and he's like he's like well is there any evidence of witchcraft that doesn't really show up on the <laughs> autopsy so i can't do that it's like look there's no sign of foul play says like, harry he's just, he was just old and, and died like there's and, not and, much and Dwayne is like, well, she killed him with sex. <laughs> it's like, that's not really a, that's not murder. That isn't the, you know, maybe she was just trying to be nice to her new husband. Like, it's Yeah, fine. like, uh, that's usually what happens when you get married. You bone down. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's so funny. And so I wrote here, uh, 
everyone is horny for the widow Milford. This is <laughs> that is precisely what's going on. And, and it's um, insane because she's just like, me. And everyone's like, oh, can I please get some whiskey to put in her milk to calm her down? Like Hawk's like, give me some bourbon, please. And they're all like goo goo for Gaga over her. Like they're just like got like wolf heart eyes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They text Avery Wolf like a whistle yeah. pops out of their heads, and like, yeah, they're all just um, like, like, oh my god, the widow Milford, right? Yeah, she's so sad and neat. And, and this includes this includes characters that we expect to be better than this in this particular company, because for example, Andy's here, and right in front of Lucy, he is mm-hmm. just like, like absolutely like, dumbstruck. Wow. Yeah. Uh, um, they set that up in a funny way where um, Truman gets, Sheriff Truman gets a phone call and Lucy's like, oh, hold on a second. And she's like, hey, it's Sheriff Truman. And he doesn't answer. And then she like goes on the PA and she's like, hey, like, where are you? And he still doesn't answer. And it actually is kind of creepy for a moment because it's like, yeah. oh, is this like a weird Twin Peaks thing that's happening? Is she like in a new dimension or something? But yeah, yeah. just all like horn dogging it up as she like, suddenly is not this meek widow but is like telling these like rowdy like like body sort of like stories and they're all just like so like overwhelmed by her and just like at her fucking begging beck and call and it's like yeah the, the scene the tableau is so good like you know like everybody's here like Dick has been completely cured of his fear of Nikki so that he can hang out with this. Nikki, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, none of the cops seem to care that Dick is just hanging out in this interrogation now. Like, he's, no just, he's just there. And they're, like, pouring glasses of what is presumably this whiskey milk. Like, it's like, what is, what is this? What is any of this? It's and, so, yeah, like, like, Andy has this big, like, like, carafe of milk. Aiden's like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and like and lucy obviously like goes to see where truman where harry is and sees this happening and uh, slams out of the room uh because no one is paying attention to her especially andy she sees Andy yeah. uh, clearly her andy and dick who are supposed to be the two guys trying to prove that they can be like the man in her life with this baby forthcoming and they're both like <laughs> they're both just like oh, the little milford <laughs> yeah. maybe she'll show us her boobies you know? <laughs> uh, it's crazy it's, and she's telling he's like i didn't write down what she's saying but she's telling these like ridiculous stories and it's yeah yeah jesus christ lady you were like all like mm, the kid got hurt with his braces once like like seeds ago so it's pretty funny it's a little bit of a, a, a shift in her character which i like um now we go to talking about uh, the way Denise is handled as a as a character. This I thought was one of those like, oh, we need to add something funny in it. And then I was like, is this sort of like vaguely offensive? But then the more I thought about it, I was like, actually, I do this <laughs> all the time. So like maybe it's not. But she goes to the double R to confront Ernie uh, about you know the photos and everything. Obviously, she hurt it's important for her to help coop and she sits down and and like you know it's like one of those like oh first we're gonna focus on the shoes and like work our way up sort of shots like woohoo right and um she sits down and she's talking but she like looks in her compact and is like visiting lipstick with like how shitty her lipstick is and like reapplies it and i'm like that's kind of like come on but then I was like, actually, I do that like literally all the time. <laughs> I, 
uh, you know, Colleen and I attended uh, Rax King's recent book release meeting or reading in uh, at Skylight Books in Los Feliz, and we were <laughs> sitting at Fred Sixty Two. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Dining Institution, and uh, she was applying lipstick right in front of me after we'd eaten, and she was like, I'm going to put on my mask, and nobody's going to see this, and I'm still sitting here doing this. So. <laughs> yeah, see, Chris is, see, Chris is, and this is like a diner and everything, so this yeah, is yeah. very similar, except I've Chris seen this very, been... I've seen you do this literal exact thing <laughs> that you're like, except, is this a joke? I don't, except, I don't know if it's a joke. <laughs> Except that I wasn't confronting Chris about his cocaine dealings and uh, setting up of my friends, but yeah, and literally going to see Rax read and it was great. If you have not read her book, Tacky, you should buy it. It's very good. So Also, presumably they're not dealing with uh, COVID related mask mandates in the 1990s Pacific Northwest. So <laughs> They definitely wouldn't do it anyway. They're not doing that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also true. Uh, anyway, so she's just like, look, you're going to do some confessing. Like, that's all there is to it. Like, we're going to, you got to man up here at this point. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure it cuts immediately to him confessing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, what it cuts to is they seem to be in Coop's hotel room interrogating him, which which now that I look back on it is a kind of interesting visual irony to the interrogation that the widow Milford was going through a couple seconds ago, right. but Ernie is, he's sweating it. And like, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, I had to do it. They were like torturing me. They were going to kill my wife who we know he doesn't care about. Uh, they were going to do this, that, and the other. And then like Denise is like, okay, Ernie, stop. We don't, we don't care. We need you to do this. And he's like, uh, they beat me up. They like, they made fun of me for having dumb shoes and Coop's like, it, it doesn't matter it's i need your testimony about what was going on here and he's like uh you know they they like pointed a gun at me and they like denise's like shut up ernie <laughs> shut like, the fuck ernie, up and focus. tell us the information stuff <laughs> he's like i gotta go to the bathroom <laughs> oh god uh yeah real bumbling ernie moment um let's see yeah so basically they're just like we need you to do this and he's like okay and then like run to the bathroom and then we go to James. And this is this is the scene I mentioned before where like James is like yep. listening to Evelyn and her husband getting like violently angry and like presumably like beating on each other. And her brother's like, if he does that like 25 more times, I'm going to <laughs> yeah. well, talk with him. <laughs> well, and, and, and this is where I was like, okay, Malcolm is kind of hilarious actually, because he does this exact same sad Kramer entrance with the, tall, with the full whiskey <laughs> glass that he did earlier, and lo looking maybe slightly more disheveled. And he goes, oh, see, it's like really bad. Yeah, this happens all the time and has been happening for years. Uh, maybe someday I should do something. I don't know. And then he just leaves without waiting for her like, response. Right. <laughs> Very much like, all right, cool. Um, let's, so yeah, here's something. Uh, and then I wrote, oh, oh, and this is kind of like a nice way to end this episode. This yeah, is it's good. Anything. Uh, but also, it, it made me question. I'm going to set it up and then I'm going to say what it made me question. So Bobby returns home and his. Mm -hmm is sitting by herself there's a oh there's a storm raging too which like started when they were like talking to ernie in the hotel room yeah it was like a like almost comically insane cartoon lightning like like i'm like this isn't a real storm nothing sounds like that unless like it's like a biblical like we're gonna die like storm yeah. uh 
but Bobby comes home during the storm and his mom is sitting there by herself. Obviously his dad's missing and um, she's all sad and he kind of like crouches down near her, but he's also smoking. And I'm like, stop, stop smoking in your mother's face. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's kind of like talking and she's like talking about, about uh, Major Briggs. And he's like, you know, like I hung out with dad like a few weeks ago and he told me like this dream he had and it was really really like kind of cool dad's like kind of an awesome dude and she's like yeah your dad's like rad as hell and he's like he's kind of fucking weird though huh <laughs> it's like almost like a very sweet scene where he's yeah like, I, I really oh I, I was just gonna say i really like bobby reiterating the dream here in sort of his own language uh it, that's a really good moment uh for like selling that that touched him just a really good touch it meant for him something to just, to him. yeah for him to re-say it but to say it a little bit differently is like oh bobby actually internalized this like yeah. he, and and that kid does not internalize anything like we know but, i mean it was clear it meant something to him because he was like crying like dirty. yeah 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 but yeah, like but, but this is like a real like follow-up like this stuck with him he moved from on from that moment and he's still there you know he's still thinking about it but then i actually was like does Bobby know his dad is missing? <laughs> right. It almost was like, well, well the, the, the thing that I think we were supposed to get, and I think it's not very well said, is just that he, she's like, because she says in the scene, like, he hasn't been back for two days. And he's like, it's just more of that top secret crap. Like, you, I, I think what we're supposed to understand is that sometimes Briggs disappears. And we have varying man. amounts of knowledge about what he may or may not be doing and how long he might be gone or whatever. So like, you know, it's, it's hard to tell how much Bobby himself buys that, or if he's just saying uh, something to say it to her. Um, and, you know, Bobby's been wrapped up in other shit. Like how often is he even home? Like how often is he staying at Shelly's <laughs> yeah, place? Yeah. Like, I, I don't have any sense of that at this point. Yeah. There's so. no sense of like, you know, like, is this like him showing up after a while too? And the mom's just like, Oh, holy shit. <laughs> <You're> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed this moment with him and his mother because I just am a sucker for like boys and their moms. Cause I yeah, it's a good moment. And I, I think if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time we see Mrs. Briggs without the major present. Um, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that gives her a little bit more character and for her to like talk to her son and be the authority figure in that scene. Uh, yeah. And it's just, we, I don't know. I'm a sucker. Yeah, no, I I, I think it's really strong. Him a lot yeah. too, so it's just like, oh, right. But then, oh, with the crack, <laughs> you know, roll of thunder. Who walks in? Actually, he doesn't even walk. Does in. not walk in. Yeah, yeah. Like, does not walk in. Who materializes out of nowhere? But Major Briggs himself, he's there, and he looks disheveled. Yeah. And, and like, in like a fucking like World War One flying right. ace yeah. costume. Yeah, he's like, not wearing <laughs> what he was wearing when he left. And yeah. uh, it's like the end of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where all the like yeah. the forties yeah. pilots yeah. come out. Where are we? <laughs> uh, you know how I feel about things like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and he's just like, oh my god. And then he's, but I love that he's like, oh my god, like. I'm back. Ugh, things were rough. But then he's like, put out that cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> the boy's back. Kill the dad. <laughs> says, put out that? that cigarette and make me a cocktail, a strong, a strong one, one, if you don't mind. I, I love the way that he says, <laughs> he says that. It's perfect Briggs she, phraseology. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. He's like a little domineering, but also like kind of polite about it. He's still a dad. First yeah, he's still a dad. 
the dad, then a recently uh, reappearing, disappeared person, then <laughs> a husband. Um, but, and then she's like, oh, honey, you're home. I'm so happy. Like, is it good that, it, like, is everything okay? okay? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, no. And then the episode ends. <laughs> so it's a strong I, ending to a relatively enjoyable episode. Yeah. I think this is one of the things where, like, you know, it's easy to, remember like specifically the shitty cheerleader throwing scene in <laughs> mid season two stuff. And mm. it's harder to remember, like, you know, there were some episodes in here where they're juggling these plot lines and like, not all of them are winners, but like, you know, most of the characters still have something interesting going on that we're invested in happening. And the performances for the most part are still really strong. Um, and, you know, a lot of it works and, even some of the stuff that doesn't work is at least funny or entertaining. So yeah. 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 It's a good one. So that's that, um, yeah. you know, we'll move on, but uh, yeah, I think just real solid sort of, you know, acting across the board, really good pairings, like, you know, good Audrey Bobby stuff. I love Bobby and this real good Bobby centric stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, real good Bobby um, stuff in this episode. Good Bobby acting, good Bobby plot developments. Um, looks great. <laughs> yeah, looks good. Um, I I guess I get one, one thing I will say, I will qualify that comment about this being a good episode is I will say this feels a lot more like we're trying to continue a long running TV series yeah. than a yeah. lot of what is happening in what we consider the more important or artful episodes of twin peaks uh and and maybe that's part of what turns people off is like if you're really invested in the more artistic or experimental elements of the series like here it starts feeling like an ongoing family drama you know right. <laughs> maybe yeah, a weird one like but like an ongoing one you know <laughs> um so i yeah maybe that tonal differences uh is partially responsible for that but i don't know it's still i still feel like this particular episode i I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching yeah. this episode of this show that I enjoyed. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a slog because there's yeah. some slogs here and there. And yeah. it's oh God, why? But this one is not that way. So it's very good. Very interested to see what happens next. Will the Whittle Milford fuck another person to death? <laughs> Will the diorama of the Civil War uh, scene come to fruition? <laughs> Go missing again. <laughs> will Bobby get a suit that fits? We'll find out. The next will, will the major receive a strong cocktail or a weak one from Bobby? <laughs> I did it, ask Bobby. him whether or not he minded about it. <laughs> so. I do mind actually, so I'm going to make it very weak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, any interesting tidbits from the producer's corner? Yeah, uh, just two. And, and one is so good that I, I don't know whether I've mentioned it before. It's been like five months since we did this. So, so if I while. did, forgive me. But so the first one, though, um, the, the book that is found, the, the murder weapon that they hold up when the middle, the widow Milford um, uh, fucks her man to death. Um, <laughs> it's called My Secret Life. The author listed is Chris Garrity. He was the assistant director of this episode. And huh. of a lot of episodes of Twin Peaks. So that's a fun thing. Uh, he yeah, also worked cute. on Predator 2 and Star Trek 6, The Undiscovered Country. Fuck yeah. So, yeah there you <laughs> go. I, do like, I do like that he self-inserted his name on that prop or more likely a mischievous prop person right. did. Uh, yeah. And to like say, he's like a wild, crazy sex guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, that is funny. And, and the really good one, and I, because I, I know, Colleen, you've praised the, 
the actor who plays the wrestling coach before. Um, but I don't think I dropped this piece of information before. Um, so his name is Ron Taylor. Uh, he's passed away since, um, but um, he is best known. He did a lot of different places uh, or roles in movies and stuff, but on stage, he originated the voice of Audrey Two in Little Shop of Fucking Horrors. No shit. This guy is the original Audrey Two. The original one. So yeah. not uh not not from the movie. Up. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. That's awesome. No, you didn't. So he set the template. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. That makes sense to me. I could hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my god, that's incredible. I yeah. love it. God bless him. That's <laughs> a great, great <laughs> trivia moment. A lot of interesting careers of people even like yeah. like completely ancillarily involved in this yeah. show, you know? Well, yeah, like Molly, just, Molly Shannon, like, I mean, like Colleen pointed out. I mean, like, who, yeah. I had no idea she would pop up in this, you know? No, and it's so funny because it's like... I mean, does she even come back at all? I, I, I don't think don't so. Remember. I think that's I, just that, just is that like her only scene? No. I'm sure Molly Shannon with like a cameo? <laughs> and this is like a solid five years before she got SNL. Like this is yeah, like that's the thing. Like is this like her first thing she did? Because I yeah. I don't recall her popping in. Is it really? Holy shit! I don't recall her being like a bit actor before Saturday Night Live. I just mm. no, I don't. But I mean, you know, working actor, I'm sure. Yeah. She doesn't age either. What's that all about? Yeah, she looks she's exactly much the, same. the same there than she yeah. does now. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucked up. It's been like 30 years. <laughs> it's Twin Peaks secrets. That's right. right. Exactly. It's like White Lodge shit. <laughs> she was in the Red Room for 30 years. <laughs> she came out looking resplendent. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. this is her first TV role. Yeah. That's crazy. That is wild. Like, That's Molly Shannon. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, so exciting. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's that. So that's it. join us next time. Who knows when it'll be? Hopefully soon. I am one of your hosts, Colleen Carney Hefner. I'm Chris Pruitt. Hi, Carew. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Guys, that was good. <laughs>